live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Josh, chase to the sideline, fires into the end zone, and it is caught. Gabe Davis makes the catch in the end zone. Third and goal from the one. Josh gives it to Devin Singletary, cruises into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, 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 partying. Yeah, all right, Friday, 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 Friday. Cofield and company, Steve Cofield. On the road, but not at Treasure Island today. John Von Tobel will be up in just a little bit from TI, Golden Circle Sportsbook. And Bar Cofield on the road, a running Rebel game tomorrow, looking for win number eight on the season as they're going to take on San Diego USD. Not San Diego State, but USD out of the West Coast Conference. So that game is tomorrow, 7 o'clock start, 6.30, with running Rebel warm-up. A lot of UNLV news today, a little more chatter about the coaching search, some names off of the board don't know that they were officially candidates for UNLV we'll get into that in just a little bit we're also going to preview the announcement of who's going to be in the Las Vegas Bowls John Sassenti will be up with us here in about 10 minutes or so John of course runs the Las Vegas Bowl which goes down on December 17th we'll also get an update on the time snafu that could or could not be trouble I think it's not going to be trouble now because some things have changed but you remember the time snafu was the uh, Raiders saying, hey, potentially a 4.30 start on a Saturday. They wouldn't be able to turn around the field and get the stadium ready for Sunday night football. Really, it was in the uh, in the case where the Raiders got flexed back to a 125 game, and then all of a sudden it's inside of whatever they claim their window is, 13 hours, 14, 18 hours, something like that. So I think that's been alleviated, but we'll get, uh, we'll get the official word from John Sassanti in just – couple of minutes so uh we come in today uh, bad news for unlv and its bowl hopes and if you haven't followed the story it's uh it's a crazy quirk in the bowl system there are 41 bowl games and it's become clear the last couple of years that they don't have 82 teams that win six games at a minimum each year so they're having to dip into five win territory now the Rebels football program, even with all the tumult of the week, Marcus Arroyo out at the beginning of the week as the head coach. They've got an interim coach in place. They were prepping for the possibility that they could be one of the five-win teams that got slipped in if there weren't enough six-win teams. But developments of the last couple of days. First, New Mexico State got a waiver with uh, five wins. They're going to play a game anyway this weekend against the Valpo, an FCS opponent. But they got the waiver to get into a bowl game. So Tony Sanchez is uh, Aggies. He's the wide receiver coach, former UNLV coach, is the wide receiver coach at New Mexico State. They got a waiver to get bumped ahead of UNLV. And the other situation unfolded today, really this morning, with a MAC game as Buffalo took on Akron. Buffalo playing its 12th game, needed to beat Akron. I think they were like a 12 point favorite going into the game. They needed to beat Akron. They were down 
in the final minutes. And then uh, Cole Snyder, the quarterback for Buffalo, threw a touchdown pass, actually threw a pass right in front of the goal line. The receiver stretched over, and they win the game. So it looks like unless there's some odd situation where another team bows out, uh, UNLV will not get in. Now, how did UNLV qualify with five wins? Well, once you get down to the five-win level, if there's not enough six-win teams, then you go by APR, which is the uh, academic meter ranking for schools and then how the uh, football program is performing in terms of academics. And UNLV actually has a team that has performed really well, and they were number two on the five-win level out of all the schools with five wins. Rice was ahead of the Rebels. Well, Rice slips into what looks like one of the final spots. So they have 82 teams as of right now. I mean, something could happen where a team could bow out, but it looks like UNLV is out. And I know a lot of people were kind of mocking on the, the situation that they fell short. They lost to Hawaii. They go five and seven. They shouldn't go to a bowl game, especially now with a, an interim situation, Arroyo out. I think it would have been cool for the kids to play in a bowl game. It's certainly something to pat them on the back for uh, in terms of the academic achievement. That's really neat that they're uh, achieving that high academically that they qualified for it, but no bowl game. Akron blows the lead against Buffalo. So Buffalo is in and right now UNLV is out. We'll take a quick time out here. We're going to talk to John Sassenti, the head of the Las Vegas bowl, get into uh, the bowl system a little bit more, but let's do a, a prize giveaway here. Three, six, four, 1100, three, six, four, We got two tickets to go see ZZ top next Wednesday. They uh, start this weekend with a residency that goes through the 10th, of December, Ticketmaster.com is where you can grab your tickets. Two tickets to the legendary ZZ Top, a residency at the Venetian. Venetian Theater, Ticketmaster.com is where you can get your tickets. Ari's got a pair right now, though. 364-1100, as We're live in San Diego and also down at Treasure Island with Cofield and Company. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., it's Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch, live from the Treasure Island, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Now the entire game boils down to this play with 11 seconds left. Trips to the left, one man wide right. Here's the snap. Cox goes back to throw, looking for the end zone, and the pass is incomplete. It's incomplete. Jonathan Baldwin broke it up, and the Rebels are going to win this game. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. It's the most wonderful time. It is. It is. Yes. Love it. You know, it cheers me up. Not that I need cheering up, but uh, Friday, 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 Friday. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. GVT's coming up. He'll be uh, at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, so get on down there. Prizes galore. Uh, great happy hour specials. Excellent food, and the sportsbook is right there. All right, let's check in with John Sassenti. Uh, John comes on with us every once in a while as we get ready for the Las Vegas Bowl on the 17th and the announcement coming up in just a couple of days. Johnny Sack, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man, we, we, we've got everybody covered everywhere, I'm, and I'm in Allegiant Stadium, so we've got different <laughs> spots covered today. <laughs> there you go. So we had a little, little uh, well, it wasn't little because it was a, uh, a good win for UNLV over Nevada on the way in with Russ Langer on the call. It's a pretty crazy week for, uh, for your school there, UNLV, with uh, coaching changes and you know bowl game potential decision. It looks like they're out now. What do you make of all the craziness right now at UNLV? Well, it, it, you know, I, I got to UNLV in 1993, so I've seen quite a bit of craziness over the years. Um, I was certainly rooting for my Rebels to make it into a bowl game, but in a roundabout way, they actually did us a small favor because uh, that was our practice field that we used for, uh, for the Pac-12 team. So 
We uh, we actually got a practice field back, so there is one silver lining to it. There you go. There you go. John Sassenti with us, head of the Las Vegas Bowl. All right. Um, we can still speculate, right? You're not going to announce the teams until Sunday, so can we go through the roster of teams? And I know there's been some you know, bids accepted here and there, I guess. Uh, I haven't been able to keep up with all of it, but who are the candidates first for the uh, SEC that you're looking at now in the uh, 11th hour here? Steve, do I still have you? You still have me, buddy. You still have me. All right. All right. All right. I lost you for a second. I'm sorry. So who are the uh, the candidates first from the SEC that are still in the running for the Las Vegas Bowl? Yeah, well, it, it, it's dwindling down by the day. There's there's a lot of storylines going on. There's a lot of bowls that have had teams in recent years that they're trying to avoid uh, similar matchups. Because uh, when we do this, it's, we, we're not just looking at one side. We have to look at the, the conference relationships on the other side. And so some of these bowl games where we're team falling they were they were potentially getting matched up with teams that they've played in the past. So I think if if, if I was a betting man today, uh, I think it's going to come down to Florida or Ole Miss in the SEC. Um, I can tell you, Florida obviously uh, probably should have been a little bit better than than their record showed this year. Uh, they have a really exciting quarterback. They lost a couple heartbreakers, so they probably should have been a little bit better. Uh, Ole Miss stumbled down the stretch, but was ranked for 11 out of the 12 weeks. Um, so I think either way, we're going to be in a really good position on that side. But some of it's going to depend on what happens with the SEC championship game and, and how LSU looks there and uh, ultimately what the Citrus Bowl decides to do before we get to the pool. John Sassenti with us, Las Vegas Bowl. They're going to make the announcement on Sunday. What time on Sunday, John, is the announcement? Well, that's, that's a good question. This is our first year working with the SEC. Normally we'd have the time set. <laughs> Uh, based on when we select, and, and that's usually about 12.30 local time. Uh, the SEC has given us a window of about an hour and a half where they would call us and, and let us know. So it's going to be sometime between about 12.30 and 2 o'clock. Uh, we'll have our Pac-12 team at 12.30 right on the nose. Uh, we'll just have to wait a little bit longer. Talking Las Vegas Bowl, John Tocenti, head of the game, is on with Cofield and company. Here on this Friday. All right, so give me the candidates from the Pac-12. Well, I, I think it's it, – listen, and, and, and this game tonight is going to dictate a lot, right? If, if, if Utah wins, they get a Rose Bowl bid, and that kind of screws a couple things up on, on where everybody thought everybody was going to go. Um, but if USC wins, obviously they, they should stay in the playoff and, uh, and things go. I think if, if – Today, we're really down to three teams. And, again, it's, it's ultimately going to depend on the Pac-12 championship game and then the Alamo Bowl because the Alamo Bowl has the first selection. So if, if for some reason they take Utah, um, it, it won't matter whether they get Utah or whether they get probably Washington. Our three teams that we're going to be selecting from are Oregon, Oregon State, and UCLA. And I'll tell you, that's, that's not a bad three to pick from when you have one of them ranked 15th, one of them ranked 16th, and one of them ranked 18th. So uh, we're going to have three good teams to choose from, I think. Yeah, our uh, attorney friend who's on with us on Wednesdays, and I know you listen to the show, so you're aware of uh, Justin Watkins from Battleborn Injury Lawyers. He's actually an Oregon State guy, and he was making a big pitch on Wednesday saying uh, Oregon State fans are dying to come to Vegas. So Oregon State would be a really interesting selection. I think they would travel pretty well, and uh, they're, they're fired up to come to Vegas. 
They, they are, and and we've we've talked to their AD, we've talked to their ticket office, we've talked to uh, everybody, and they and they are they are dying to come. They don't think they're going to have enough tickets in their allotment if we select them. And listen, that's the result of of a couple things. We've been doing this long enough. When when you haven't been to a bowl game for a while, when you've been down for a while, and then you have a good year, um, and then you beat your rival, your fan base is really fired up. Right no now doubt. with Oregon State, that their fan base is fired up. Uh, after beating their rival and, and, and having a year that they haven't had in a while. I'll ask it. I probably shouldn't, but because of really crazy circumstances last year, you know, UCLA had to bow out. There's no worries there with reliability, is there? <laughs> well, we I'll tell you, we asked the question. We, we, yeah. we asked two questions, right? Um, we, 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 we have a group that's been monitoring um, – monitoring uh media down in california and we're starting to see some some covid stories pop up in southern california and obviously there's some concern there um for the record that 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 siren is not me getting pulled over that's uh that's somebody (laughs) trying to get into the stadium uh but no we we asked that question and we asked another question too which is very very important to the selection process they have a dynamic quarterback who's from las vegas dtr if, if DTR is not thinking about playing in this game, uh, it, we're going to have to take a, a different kind of look at uh, a UCLA team. If he's all in and fired up and playing in this game, uh, then, then obviously we look at them a little bit differently from the other perspective. So that is, those are the two questions that I've asked. Uh, I have not got definitive answers on either way. I can't imagine UCLA hasn't played in a bowl game in the last two years because of COVID restrictions. I can't imagine uh, it would be a problem this year, but I, but I did ask the question. And uh, last one, you mentioned Oregon. So for you, what makes Oregon attractive, and what questions did you have for the Ducks? Well, listen. Uh, the, the first question I have has you know what, what's the uh, what's the mood around there, right? You you, you you lost to your rival on the last game of the year. Uh, what's the mood? I think everybody would tell you in that in that in that locker room, and, and what I've been told is. You know, if they if you would have told them they were going to get to nine wins and have a chance to play in Las Vegas back in August, I think they'd look at that as a as a as a big positive, right? And I think coming out of that Georgia game, you could definitely say that to open the year. They they did get hot. They 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 did raise the bar a little bit. But at the end of the day, they they I think this is right around where everybody thought they were going to be coming in with a new coach. And so um, the one thing we have to our advantage is uh, if if we're talking to Oregon about coming to a game. I don't think anybody's ever disappointed about coming to Las Vegas uh, for five days. So, so, so their kids are fired up. They're fired up. I will tell you, having an opponent on the other side, like an Ole Miss, like a Florida, um, that, those are attractive to those teams. You can get those kids fired up where, you know, a team like Oregon, if you tell them they're going to go play Florida, they want a piece of Florida and they want to beat Florida. And certainly attractive for any Pac-12 team to get a matchup against the SEC with the uh, you know the disrespect around the country for the Pac-12. And with that said, the Pac-12 had a really good year, so you got a good group of schools to choose from, good teams to choose from. Back to Florida and Ole Miss. What do you know about uh, both of those schools in terms of how they would travel? Obviously, the trip for the SEC school a lot longer than any of the uh, Pac-12 schools. Yeah, so I had a nice long talk yesterday with Florida's athletic director, and, and, and he's fired up. He, he, he loves the idea of playing a bowl game out west. The one thing I asked from him is I said, I would love to know what kind of pre-orders you've done on, on, on tickets with your season ticket holders, and I also want to know 
where, where you have some of your alumni pockets that, that would be close to the West Coast or in the West Coast. I was actually surprised. They have about a half a million uh, living alumni throughout the country, um, and they had a huge number out West, which, which I was very, very shocked about. They have them in Phoenix. They have them in Denver. They have them in L.A. They have them in Orange County, and they have them in Northern California. So all, all places that are very easy to get to Vegas from. Um, so so even, even with, if we get some good travel from Florida and from the people that are, that are back east uh, in the state of Florida, I'm pretty confident we're going to get some pretty decent travel from some of the West Coast Florida fans because I didn't even realize how many were out here. Uh, so, so very optimistic. I've also got a couple calls from uh, potential Florida, old Florida players and old Florida alums that they all want the excuse to come to Vegas too. So they are, uh, they're, they're pretty excited about it. And, uh, and we, we would welcome them with open arms. John Tocenti, Las Vegas Bulls on the horn with Cofield and company. So, John, tell people, what aside from the game on the 17th, uh, what else you have going on for fans, but especially the players, because the experience is really what you guys put together, and it makes this whole thing very special. It's not just a trip to Vegas. There's a lot that goes into this. Yeah, we, well, we, we start off, we have, we have about 21 events over about a six- or seven-day period. So we're awfully busy, uh, everything from, from special team arrivals, uh, when their planes land and they pull up to the hangar, we do we do some really cool, fun welcome to Vegas stuff. Uh, we take them down to Fremont Street and feed them under the lights and show their highlight videos and play some games and have some fun. Uh, we take them to a show in Las Vegas, which uh, is unlike anything any other bowl game does. This year we're going to Matt Franco, uh, which would be really cool. Matt's a big sports fan, um, you know, or pep rally. But then we have uh, we have three charitable events too that we're we're pretty proud of. We we outfit. 600 kids with shoes and socks uh, at an underprivileged school through the Goody Two Shoes Foundation. We visit Opportunity Village, uh, and then we take the teams to one of the children's hospitals to uh, brighten a couple kids' days. So it is a full, action-packed week. We've got kids' days and ladies' days and hospitality functions, uh, uh, dinner for the coaching staff on the water at the Bellagio on the first night. Um, you know, I, I think we do it better than anybody uh, but we also have an unbelievable city that gives us a lot to work with, um, and, and, and we have a lot at our disposal to really really wow these folks when they come here. And, and, and our goal is that they go back and not saying that the Las Vegas Bowl does it better than anybody. We want them saying Las Vegas does it better than anybody, and, and, we, and, and, and we've proven that, but we've got to continue to prove that to everybody that comes to our city. John Pacente with us here on Cofield & Company talking about the Las Vegas Bowl. The announcement's coming up on Sunday about the matchup. Um, we have a little flexibility with the uh, kickoff now, right? You're, uh, you can announce that probably, what, middle of this week? Yeah, so the NFL has a deadline until Tuesday to make their decision on the flex. As you know, we, we were put in a, a little bit of an uncomfortable position with regards to uh, converting the stadium should there be a flex. Um, you know, right now it, it, it's, we're looking at it if they were to flex down somewhere about 15 hours-ish or so to convert and, and uh, you know, de- there's been a couple different times that they've, they've talked about, but they don't feel comfortable with the conversion uh, anymore. So if that happens, they will flex. Um, they will flex our game. It makes it very, very difficult. And we had to do it with one of our sister bowls uh, in New Mexico. So we would flip into their slot at 1130 AM and then they would move into our 430 uh, primetime spot on ABC. Um, I'm very hopeful. You know, the Raiders have done us a solid. They've won two games in a row, which is great. Uh, the, the NFL did flex the December 11th game, and they put the Miami Dolphins in that position. 
And the only game we were really that concerned about uh, on the 18th was Miami and Buffalo potentially flexing into the Raiders' position. And we, we, we got a real, real big uh, a boost and some great news with the Dolphins going into that 11th spot. We're, we, we don't think that the NFL will flex the Dolphins into a NBC primetime window two weeks in a row. That'd be crazy. So that's great news for us. We're, we're, we're all Raiders fans on Sunday. We think if they win again, that's three in a row. It's going to be really hard to flex them out of a primetime window winning three in a row. they got stars all over the field. you got the Belichick-McDaniels um, connection. So I feel confident if they win Sunday, we should be in good shape. John Sassenti is on the horn. Last couple things, John, I appreciate all the time. I know you're over at Allegiant. So what do you think the vibe is going to be like tonight? I just Someone just sent me a picture. I have no idea if it's a real picture or not, but just a line of cars appearing to come in from the state of Utah for this game. I would imagine – I know it says it's sold out. I don't think that always means it's sold out. There might be a lot of tickets on the ticket resale market, but I would expect a pretty massive crowd tonight, especially because Utah always shows up and shows out for these games in Vegas. Yeah, listen, it is going to be officially sold out, but I I did check the resale market, and there are a ton of tickets there, but they are awfully expensive, people trying to make a couple bucks. Uh, We saw what Utah did last year. There was red everywhere. I expect that to be the same. I'm actually driving in right now. I'm seeing a lot of USC jerseys, uh, which is no surprise, right? They were not they were not projected to be in this position. They've had a couple really really tough years, and uh, Lincoln Riley, what what a tremendous job that dude's done this year. Nobody thought they'd be in this position in the playoff in, in just one year. I'm really happy for them. Having USC good and back is is good for everybody. And uh, so we're rooting for him, and we're rooting for a great game tonight. John, you're a busy guy. I appreciate a couple minutes, and uh, we'll catch up sooner than later once the uh, matchup is announced, okay? Anytime with you, buddy. I appreciate you always telling our story. I appreciate everything you do, and uh, you're the best on radio. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. LVBowl.com. LVBowl.com is where you can grab the tickets. Uh, game, if you look at the counter on the website, 15 days, one hour, one minute, 47 seconds. So, uh Hopefully there's a good chance they're going to be playing in the slot they intended originally, which is 4.30 our time, Las Vegas Bowl. That's on the 17th at Allegiant. You can grab tickets now uh, before the matchup. Probably probably the best time to do it because uh, once the matchup is out, you heard if Oregon State makes it in, they're going to scoop up tens of thousands of tickets. LVBowl.com. It's LVBowl.com. Now, speaking of the Pac-12 title game tonight, if uh, you're driving in and you're like, hey, where do I park? Because uh, parking can get pricey around Allegiant, you know, over at Crazy Horse 3, they've got a big parking lot there, and they're charging just 50 bucks to park, and you get free entry after the game. Just show your ticket. You can go and party after the game at Crazy Horse 3. They also have a Sunday after party following Raiders games, and John Von Topel is going to be out there repping Fox Sports Las Vegas. Let's do a couple of VIP packages here with Ari, 364-1100, 364-1100. You get in for free. Your friends get in for free. They'll hook you up with some drinks as well you get a table you're all set up with the vip treatment at crazy horse three and everyone can go over to the silver and black after party it's after every raiders home game but we're going to hook up two lucky listeners right now ari's got the story for you three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero Join Cofield and company on Fridays for the 3-6 to six show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. If it's offered, we will accept. We're going to have Kenwick Thompson as the interim coach. And uh, Kenwick has accepted that, that role. And he cares about our young, young people in this program. And he cares about 
uh, the institution that he stepped up and said if that, that occurs and that happens, uh, we will accept that bid and, and we'll go with him as our interim head coach. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Yeah, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. John Von Tobel is there, Cofield, on the road in San Diego. So we got folks all over the uh, West chiming in with us. John Sassenti just uh, joined us. LVBowl.com is where you can get your tickets for the Las Vegas Bowl. JVT, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Uh, I'm hungry, so I'm excited to be here uh, at TI <laughs> because I'm going to – I've always felt like I probably shouldn't. I don't know why, uh, but, like, when we're out here, I probably feel like I shouldn't indulge. But today I will, and so you when people to. come up and get some prizes, I can show them the great food that I have and be like, hey, man, you should get this too. So I'm about to get some grub. What do we do when we eat food around the show? We take pictures, my friend. So please. Oh, that's right. Please send out some photos because I've got some beautiful photos uh, in the past from – Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. I, I'm guessing you're not going to go down the Jed route. And he said it is delicious, but uh, you don't feel like an egg salad guy. I enjoy egg salad, but it's not something that I would order in public. <laughs> I want what does that mean? With, I feel like that's a weird thing to order like out at a restaurant. I feel like that's something you make at home. Well, you know, Jed's rationale, and Jed's our uh, remote boss. He does all the setups tech-wise, uh, or at least oversees them. Um, he pointed out, he's like, you never see this on a menu. That must, that's got to mean it's good, so I'm going to get it. And he said it's a liberal. That's a good point. Uh, can I say really quickly, Jed's a very stoic figure. Um, yes. I have a Jed story. I saw him at Allegiant, uh, I think it was this uh, Reno game, and I like got excited. I was like, hey, man, I waved at him. He gave me absolutely nothing emotionally and actually didn't even reciprocate the wave. And it had me thinking – Holy crap, did I just wave to somebody who really looks like Jed and it's totally right. not him? I feel like it was him and he's just like that kind of guy, but I could be wrong. I like it because you know what that job entails. Oh, yeah. And you and I have both worked everywhere in radio and, and set up and you, you kind of have to be a stoic person and not freak out because every setup you Okay, I think we're going to have to reconnect with Steve. Ari is freaking out right now. Uh, Cofield completely disconnected. Ari, I, I assume that's on his end, and I'm not just talking to the ether. Uh, but I do think we, we did have a spike, and I think Steve might be back. Now, it's interesting because Steve, for those who don't know, I don't think he didn't reset this initially, uh, out in San Diego because UNLV is taking on the Toreros, and it's a pretty interesting road matchup where Run Rebels are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite right now in their first true road environment. So it's going to be interesting to see how the team reacts and also how Cofield reacts. I think we do have him back. Um, and he is uh, – yes, Steve, I think we have you back because I can see you moving now again. So there's probably yes. a spike in the internet. And well, you, you are you broadcasting in a public place. Huh? Yes. Can I tell you what you missed is me talking about yeah. technical problems. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I jinxed the whole Are you in thing. another business center? Uh, I am. I, I will frequent business centers. I know you get freaked out by it, but uh, if I can find a place – or I can plug in, although apparently this plug-in's not working very well. But, yeah, I'm at the uh, at the hotel I'm staying at, and uh, you can you can still line and do a radio show. So knock on oh, yeah. uh, granite countertop here. Hopefully it works the entire show. It will. We'll, we'll, we'll get something done. It's a little flare. There's just a little flare up. It happens. It happens. You know what? Let's take a quick timeout because on the way back, we're going to talk to uh, Mark McMillan, NFL Insider, get his take on what's going on with the UNLV situation, also talk a little Raiders and their resurgence here in the middle of the season. 
Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. I think it's going to be Mark McMillan. Watch, he has the ball. Now watch McMillan, number 29. He did. He went in there, stripped it out. Former NFL cornerback and ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark McMillan is live on Cofield and Company now. That was really John Madden, not Frank Caliendo. Yeah, John Madden back in the day. Talking about Mighty Mac. We're going to get to uh, Mark here in just a minute. But, uh, you know, we just gave away some Crazy Horse VIP packages and Crazy Horse called over and they're like, you know what, Ari? We've got more of these. We want to let more people in. So we're going to give away two more VIP packages. Caller 7 and 8. 364-1100, John Von Tobel is going to be out there. It's the Sunday Silver and Black uh, after party following the Raiders game. You get a table, you get drinks, you get a bunch of uh, your friends and yourself in for free. And if you don't win this, you can go over to show your game ticket, show local ID, and you're in for the Silver and Black after party. And they've also got a big party going on tonight for the Pac-12. But this is for Sunday with Von Tobel. 364-1100. All right, let's bring in Mark McMillan. Mark. Uh, always comes on with us to talk NFL. Let's talk a little college football. Mark's been around the UNLV program a lot and around Marcus Arroyo a lot. Mark, were you surprised by what happened on Monday as they uh, relieved Arroyo of his duties as head coach? You know, I didn't see it coming. I'm sure a lot of people like, well, you know, you know, they only won five games. But, you know, just being around the team the last couple of years and seeing the team play this year with the energy and with all the injuries that they had to battle – uh, especially at the quarterback position, you know, within and out of that lineup. Uh, but like I said, I didn't see it coming, especially after you beat your rivalry, Nevada. You know, you, you, you think you'll get a little bit more leash, uh, you know, than that. But, you know, it's a business, man. It's a tough business. And, and, you know, we've been around this game for a long time. We've seen a lot of coaches come and go. But Coach Aurora has been first class with me, man, from day one. He's allowed me to come out and interact with the players. I know a lot of the players. I know all the coaches. You know, we text back and forth during the season. So, you know, it's it's real tough, man, to see a – a coach that was bought into the program and he had the players buying into the program. And, you know, they could have gave up that game last week uh, against Nevada, but you know, they hung in tough with a great goal line stands and came away with the cannon and he gets fired before they even paint the cannon. How grimy is that? Mark McMillan. We're talking football, talking UNLV football. We'll get to the NFL in a couple of minutes. All right. So if you're Eric Harper, the athletic director, man, what do you look for? Who's the next guy? What are you targeting? <laughs> I know he said he wants a, a head coach that's had some experience, that's won a lot of games. I know Arroyo was making, what, 1.5 uh, over his season. So they're going to have to bump that salary up. If you're trying to go get a big-name guy, um, you know, it, it's going to be pretty tough. You know, I know years ago I was calling for Coach Jim Mora, man, and, you know, they didn't want to hear it, and all he does was go to UConn with a less talented roster and make it to a bowl game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who he pulls out his bag um, I know people like Dion. I was like, Dion's not coming to Vegas. You know, he, he's he's power five material now. So um, I don't know who they can go with. You know, Steve, I thought Arroyo was the guy, you know, to be able to at least turn this program around. And, you know, the, from the text messages, from the from the kids I was getting, um, you know, a lot of kids are pissed off, you know. And, and, you know, usually if a coach is not doing the job and he loses the locker room, kids care less. But there's a lot of kids out there that um, – he went into these kids' home and sold their parents on it. That's pissed off. So the AD, he has to hit a home run. And I see, like we're saying this every two or three years about the UNLV football program. If you're a player uh, you know, on the UNLV roster, what do you need to hear from the new coach to convince you to stay around? You know, that's tough, Steve. Um, you know, I've been um, around that situation when I first went to Alabama. Coach Curry recruited me. 
And by the time I got off the plane, it was Coach Gene Stallings who, who ended up being my head coach. So um, I think the experience will, 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 will outweigh a lot of the, the chatter. Um, kids know, you know, if a coach has been there, done that, you know, you kind of rally around that. But um, if you bring in a coach, just a young whippersnapper with no experience and just young and rah-rah, kids phase that out, man. So you got to go out there and get a coach with a good resume that's won some big-time games at a nice program and that's going to come in with the same energy and juice as uh, Coach Arroyo, man. You're out there a lot of the hot summer days as well, man. Those kids were juiced up and the coaches were fired up. So um, it's going to take a lot for this coach to come in and win over these young men. Yeah, I think they're close. And, you know, when you transfer, there's a very much an unknown. You know, just because you're pitched by a coach doesn't mean you go to another place and that you're uh, in the rotation, that you're going to be in the ones and twos. You're going to have to prove yourself elsewhere. So. Um, Adam Plant is going to try the NFL, and that's a good story. Adam Plant really came on this year. He's yeah. a true local, and now he's going to make his run at the NFL. Do you think he can make it? He certainly has the size at you know around six five and two sixty. Um, when you look at him on the field, um, he looks like an NFL player. You know, like I say, he has the size. Um, he led the team. Well, I think he's all all Mountain West, so you know his first team um, in that aspect. He's played some big time football at a Power Five school, uh, so he's played against some really good competition and. Steve, you know, the man, going to the NFL is like winning the lottery. You know, we can see these kids do great in college and, um, you know, it's all about what the NFL likes. But, you know, with that position that he's playing, that that rush position, that's a dime. You know, that's a hard position to find. And hopefully he can, uh, you know, hone down his skills. And I know, uh, you know, we had Chuck Smith on, you know, earlier. Maybe he can get with a Chuck Smith and, and get into that academy um, and help his stock out and help him be a better pass rusher as well. Yeah, he was at that camp with uh, Chuck Smith and, and Von Miller, so he's been working uh, in and around the program on, you know, resculpting his body and uh, getting better from a technique standpoint. So we got big-time college football in town uh, Friday as the Pac-12 is going to be playing. USC, one of the best brands in all of college football, monster season, yep. uh, front-runner, Heisman candidate, and Caleb Williams, and yet Utah's the one team that beat him, and Utah will have a lot of fans here for this game. They always attend games in Vegas. So this is a, I think it's going to be a shootout. What do you think? Do you think it's going to be the same sort of game, a 43-42? What do you think will happen? I think it'll be a shootout as well. You know, obviously Caleb is uh, the front runner for the Heisman right now. Um, you know, USC can score on anybody. Um, it's the point. It's the problem. They can't stop anybody as well. Um, you know, Utah uh, beat them earlier, and I don't think there's no one more excited than Coach Willingham when to come here into Vegas, you know, with all his fans around and knock off USC and knock them out of the playoffs. So I think the the the, the game sets up perfect for Las Vegas. The Pac-12 championship finally have something with meaning to it. Uh, you know, so it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm excited to see the young man play. You know, it's rare that you see a young talent like this and see him in person. So uh, I talked to uh, the defensive coordinator and the safety coach for Utah, Coach Scanley. I was a good friend of mine as well. So he's 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 juiced up as well, man. So this should be a great matchup. And like you say, Utah is only a down the road, so they're going to travel well. You know any of the kids on the rosters for either team, SC or Utah? I do. I know uh, Ennis. Um, you know, he was uh, the, the running back from Penn State. Uh, the kid's dad played in the NFL a long time. He's a receiver there. Um, you know, USC, there's Max Williams. He's the nickelback for USC. He's number four. Uh, so, you know, I know um, – uh, you know, there's a couple of kids that I do know on both sides of the ball. So it'd be exciting, man, to go out there and see those guys uh, perform at a high level. You know, seeing these kids at youth football, and now these kids are in high school playing uh, big-time football is exciting. By the way, you think it's hard to win at UNLV? Just look at Idaho State. Charles yeah. Ragel goes there. He has one year. UNLV played Idaho State early in the season. 
he's already bailed on that school to go back home to Arizona State as an assistant, a head coach to an assistant. I know you know, Charles. Yeah, yeah. He, he's excited to go back home. And uh, I know he really, uh, you know, wanted that uh, the head coaching job. But, you know, it's hard to pass up, you know, Arizona State, you know, coming from Idaho. Uh, he's coached at Chaparral there for a long time. We have a really good relationship when he was at Cal. Uh, really got good guy. He's an excellent recruiter. Um, you know, I think that's one of the hires that they uh, that hit our home run on. He's an excellent recruiter uh, in the Arizona area and, and stopping those kids from going to U of A, uh, USC and, and uh, you know, all those other schools. So uh, Coach Rago, man, I, I know it sucks, you know, for the business, but, you know, it is what it is, man. I tell these kids, you really can't get too caught up in it, man. These these coaches have to look out for their family as well. And, um, you know, he's he's excited. I know Eric Allen is excited. He's an ASU alum. Uh, I know some other coaching jobs were, uh, you know, available to him. But when you get to go back to Sun Devil, come on, man. The weather is great all year round, Steve. <laughs> Mighty Mac with us. Mark McMillan, the former Eagle, former NFL player. He's one of the hosts of uh, uh, Raiders pregame on 8 News Now. You can check that out on Sunday mornings. On the grill this week, I saw big fat steak with some seasoning <laughs> on it. What was that? Yeah, man, I had a nice little fillet, man. You know, I, I was so excited with the performance that Josh Jacobs said. I said, this is a Josh Jacob man-sized steak right here, man. So I uh, put a nice little fillet. I put my Grilla McMillan season on it. Uh, shout out to my guys over at Grilla Grills, who's my grill sponsor now, and Java Brew Pellets, who provided me with the fuel for the for the grill as well. So things are picking up for me, Steve. Things are picking up for Grilla McMillan. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, You mentioned Jacobs. What a freaking great story for Josh Jacobs this season. It wasn't like his career was over. He had achieved at a pretty high level. Uh, Raiders send a message, hey, we got questions about you. And he's answered every single question. I mean, to close out the Seattle game the way he did. And this guy's season has been incredible. Was, we were talking about the uh, first downs acquired by individual players around the NFL. And Tyreek Hill is second at 58. Josh Jacobs has... <laughs> 80 first downs yeah. <laughs> which is which is unbelievable for a running back you know you would think it would be a, a wide out you know moving the chains but when you have a running back like that um you know who's durable um like i said who just uh, really shut down and uh during their offseason dedicated his craft uh dedicated his body mind and soul you know um, nothing worse than you know being in your final year of your contract and their team is like uh you know we're not gonna resign you you know so i've been in that situation as well in Philadelphia after my first two years. And I didn't know if I was going to get resigned. So I just came back my last couple of years and and really dedicated myself. And they they warrant me another contract. So um, we know the va- running back position is, is uh, valuable. You know, it's, it's not for long. You know, it's, it's a grueling position. But you have to reward a man that's been carrying your team week in and week out. Yeah, you would think uh, even at running back that uh, between Jacobs and Max Crosby, that's who you build the organization around the next couple of years. But I, I don't know what's going to happen with Jacobs. Crosby, though, in a down season, has been Max motivated. And uh, I saw your Akita. You have a new dog. Uh, I was, was going to say uh, Max Crosby has been a dog all year. <laughs> Max Crosby, man. I know people probably getting tired of me talking about Max Crosby. Uh, but, man, I'm a defensive guy, and I know how valuable a, a pass rusher and a guy like that is. Uh, you look at the last couple of series uh, in that game last week, he really took over that game, you know, just wreaking havoc with the sacks. Uh, his energy is on 1,000 on every single play. It's almost like, you know, what is driving this young man? But he just loves the game. And uh, I know a lot of people talk about Aaron Donald, um, you know, and Von Miller, but, 
Uh, Max Crosby should be mentioned in the defensive MVP, the way he plays the game. And obviously people might say, well, you're a little biased because you live there, but we see it every week. Uh, you know, and, and if you're in the offensive game plan room, I'm sure those offensive coordinators are like, we have to stop Max Crosby in order to be successful. Mark McGrillen up on Cofield and company here on a Friday. He's going to be out at the Pac-12 title game tonight. We're just a little ways away from the game right here in Las Vegas. So it's weird with the betting. Lots of money coming in on the Raiders. His numbers dropping. Chargers were favored to uh, to begin the week. What do you make of the Chargers, who I, I will say are still very beat up? Their offensive line got decimated by injuries. But, man, they get off to slow starts. They came back with a nice effort last week to win the game. Keenan Allen is back. I don't know what the Chargers are. Yeah, that's a good question. It seemed like the last couple of years were like, you know, who is who are the Chargers? You know, they bring in a new head coach. You know, you sign all these guys in the offseason. You bring in Mac. Uh, you know, you, you bring in the, you know, the top uh, linebacker in the game or pass rush or whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, he's, you know, maybe he's got a little get back, you know, he's coming back to, to the Raiders, you know, the team that kind of gave him away. So, you know, with Keelan Allen being healthy, you know, that gives him a, a, a favorable chance to, to win the game. Obviously Mike Williams seems like he's hurt every week. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's like, who are the Chargers? but they're winning games. So, you know, you, it should be a good battle. It's a division game. Um, they got – they thought they were going to be the spoiler for the Raiders last year. The Raiders win in a dramatic, one of the most exciting games of the, of the season last year. So it should be a good matchup uh, this Sunday. You feeling confident in the Eagles against the Titans this weekend? And I hate to look ahead because you got, you know, you got games to play and the Eagles are a good team, not a great team. I, you know, I think they're good. Yeah. Um, but Christmas Eve, they're going to take on the Cowboys. That is going to be – a freaking major clash, especially with uh, the Cowboys on the uptick. Yeah, it's going to be a great battle. Uh, obviously, it'll be indoors, so there will be no snow. That uh, the fans can they can't throw snowballs at Santa, so be <laughs> indoors. So they, they should be they should be safe in that aspect. But uh, like I said, the Tennessee Titans can run the ball. Um, you know, the Eagles struggle against the run. You know, that's one of their weaknesses right now. Uh, they can get after the passer, but guys have been uh, able to run the ball on them as well uh, with injuries in the secondary. Uh, Devontae Maddox, I don't know if he's coming back yet. Uh, you know, so it's it's going to be a tough battle. Every week is going to be a tough battle. But that offense, Steve, uh, they can score real quick on a lot of people. Um, Jalen Hurts, a lot of people gave up on him. Now, all of a sudden, he's in the MVP race. Uh, you know, he's got so many weapons on the outside. Miles is running the ball really well. They probably have one of the best offensive line uh, in the National Football League right now. You're a Bama guy. Is there any scenario where Bama can actually jump a couple of teams? I guess TCU and USC could lose. Um, TCU would have one loss. Ohio State sitting in front of Bama in the CFP. Can a miracle be pulled while they're sitting on the sideline? Well, I don't think there's any miracles for Alabama this year. Uh, you know, Obviously, with the, them putting Ohio State, kind of sealed the deal. Um, I think they'll put Ohio State in before Alabama, but TCU, if they lose, what they should still be in the game. Uh, they have one of the best, uh, you know, records in, in in college football, and their power rankings is a lot better than a lot of schools as well. But man, what Michigan was able to do uh, to Ohio State, you know, I, I know I know Georgia is really good, you know, they're they're the defending champs, but if you can go into Ohio State and punch them in the mouth like that and embarrass them. Man, uh, khaki pants got he, khaki pants got it going down there. In our, in our. <laughs> All right, Mark, we'll talk to you. Have a good time tonight at the Pac-12 game. All right, appreciate it, man. So I'm not going to say which team I'm pulling for. I wish both teams really well, but 
Um, I'm still a little biased. I want Bryce Young to be in the Heisman race, but Caleb is a great athlete, so fight on. Go use. <laughs>